What's up and welcome to the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing. We've got a special episode for you today. The Wild Spark and Fire Seeds teams recently had the opportunity to travel to Hilton Head, South Carolina for Chick-fil-A's female operator gathering. Now, anytime that comes up that I've been to the female operator gathering, all the male operators that I know ask the question, what happens there? So here is your chance to find out. Megan Lenore, Sarah Nelson, and Arden Long from our team had the opportunity to speak to female operators from across the country about the theme for the event, which was resilience. I've brought them on the show today to share the three key elements for you to be resilient this year. Also stick around until the end of the interview for some fun Chick-fil-A trivia. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Female Operator Gathering Debrief episode. I've got Arden and Sarah from Team Fire Seeds, and I've got Megan from Team Wild Spark. How are we feeling today, ladies? Feeling Doing good. Great. This is like literally a dream come true for me. <laughs> I have been waiting for this day, and I'm offended that Josh is just now asking me to do this. Megan has been counting down the seconds until her invitation to the Secret Sauce podcast, and here it is. Here it, it is. It is your I'm moment. Bored. Thanks for having me. Well, on that note, you probably already have an answer to the secret sauce question, which is, what is your go-to Chick-fil-A sauce? What's the one that you couldn't live without? Megan, why don't you kick us off with your favorite sauce? This is a hot take, but I believe strongly in this, that the best sauce that Chick-fil-A has is the avocado lime ranch dressing. I put it on everything. Like I soak it in my fries and my chicken sandwich. They were laughing at me earlier. I also put it in my diet lemonade, like if the chance was there. Stop. But <laughs> no. I know it's kind that of gross. gross. By far my favorite Chick-fil-A sauce. That's interesting. I have never heard avocado lime dressing before in all the episodes of the podcast. No, Thanks it's for so bringing good. some I mean, uniqueness here. Yeah. It's the unhealthiest one on the menu, but I mean, it's got it's <laughs> that. So I'm good with that. Typically the unhealthy things taste the best. So that makes sense. If I ever see you putting avocado lime ranch dressing in your diet lemonade, I don't think I would be just, okay. Just send me somewhere. It's okay. <laughs> Sarah, what's your favorite sauce? I'm pretty classic with the honey mustard, honestly. That's my go-to for French fries, nuggets, anything, honey mustard. I'm probably even more basic with than that with a Chick-fil-A sauce, so... Can't get more basic than that, but it's called Chick-fil-A sauce for a reason. So I think it's probably Chick-fil-A's favorite too. (laughs) You got a point. I want to give a rundown to the audience of the female operator gathering this year in Hilton Head because it was a remarkable experience getting to go on that trip with you all. My wife was also on the trip, Erin. I did ask her, like, would you want to be on the podcast episode? And she said, absolutely not. What would I say? And so <laughs> shout out to Erin. She vetoed it. But I'd love to hear, let's just kick it off with some of the highlights. What are some of your favorite moments from the trip? Funny moments, serious moments, whatever you got. So I've gotten to go to a female operator gathering before pre-COVID. So it'd been a few years, but it's just always really fun to get to see our operators in person. Uh, ones that we've gotten to work with, ones that we've only met with over Zoom and then had tons of phone calls with. So it's funny to know someone's voice so well, but not even to be totally confident in their face. It's like a really weird spot to be in a relationship, but it's like we double take 
oh, we, we do a double take. We're like, oh my gosh, hey, or like on a hugging basis, but we've never met. So um, that's one of the, my favorite things about Chick-fil-A. We get to be so close relationally to these operators, work so closely with them. So Melanie Holland is one that I've worked with over the past several years, placed four or so directors with her. And so we're literally grabbing food in the line and we're like, oh my gosh, hey, and we're able to catch up on uh, the leaders that are with her and have grown with her and are about to start applying for LDP. And she's like, I'm excited for them, but I don't want to lose them. And so just to catch up in that way in person, it's just a really special thing. And one of my favorite parts about these conferences. Yeah. Relationships are such a big part of the way that we do work, which I'm so thankful for, but getting to be in person is just so valuable to your point, Arden. It's like we may have met you know, 15 times over Zoom, but getting to be in person for the first time with some of these individuals is just magical. So really cool to hear even you getting to catch up with a lot of the uh, previous relationships that you've built with other Chick-fil-A operators. Sarah, you go next. Yeah, I was going to say for me, so this is actually my first female operator gathering. So I feel like I had kind of a a new lens, but definitely compared to some of the other conferences I've gone to, I felt like the vibe, I guess, is just a little different there and just felt super relational, close, I guess, are kind of some of the words I'd use to describe it. Uh, The first night we were there, they had kind of like a, I guess, cocktail hour outside on the beach and all the ladies were just hugging, catching up, reconnecting. And so I just really could feel the relationships that they had created. So kind of going off what Arden said, but I think even for us, when we were in, you know, Vendor Alley, everybody was coming up and thanking us for being there and just wanting to chat and talk to us. Um, so I think for me, just that deep feeling of connectedness was super impactful from the trip. I was just going to say, going off of Sarah's point, the feeling of connectedness was a highlight for me too. Being able to, we had the opportunity to speak, which I know we'll talk about in a second. But then afterwards, we got to eat dinner with some of the operators, which is my highlight. And a worst fear of mine is like feeling like they are, I don't want them to feel like we're trying to sell them something. Like we really just want to go into it and be like, hey, we're your friend. Like we're just normal people. We have kids and dogs and life is crazy, that sort of thing. And so having the opportunity to sit and eat dinner with them was really fun. I think it was my highlight. It was just a great way to kick off the week like that, to Sarah's point, it just made us feel super connected to the operators, not some like distant vendor that's, you know, maybe supposed to be there or whatever that looked like. That was definitely a highlight for me too. Yeah. It's so much different than any other event in the sense that like the leadership of the female operator gathering really goes above and beyond to make you feel like a part of the family. It's just like such a connected event where people are going deep relationally with each other that it's cool to be included in that. Um, like you said, over the course of the dinner, that conversation was so much fun getting to sit at the dinner table. It's like we were making mutual connections and come to find out that one of the operators like had a son that went to Sanford who may have known Arden, a picture, sending pictures back and forth later. It was confirmed. Just really funny moments getting to laugh and eat with people. My highlight is very different than each of yours. It was probably watching trolls on the way back to Birmingham and laughing with each of you in the car. Highlight for everybody, truly. I didn't know it was Um, such a great movie. I feel like I missed out. (laughs) It's a highly recommend. Queen Poppy, she's the goat. I want to dig into something that I think is going to be really valuable for our listeners today. And we had the unique opportunity to get to speak to everybody that was there for the female operator gathering at the opening dinner. 
And the theme for the gathering was resilience is really what we focused on, what all the operators were focused on, building resilience, being resilient leaders. And so each of you delivered some content on pillars for resilience, which we're going to dig into here in a second. But I think it was so good. Even Jamie Oshner, who was helping organize the event, who shout out Jamie, she did an incredible job of putting everything together, came up afterwards. And this is, I'm, I'm hyping you girls up because she was like, I've heard a lot of these and that was good. Like really, really good, which I thought was really kind for her to give us some of that feedback. But I want to dig into it and I want everybody to get to hear some of the value that you shared with the operators that were in that room. And so there's three pillars. Arden, I'm going to tee it up for you here first because you had the first pillar, uh, which is support. But if you don't mind sharing with some of the listeners, unpack support and what that means and even how it ties in directly to being resilient. Yeah, absolutely. Even the definition of resilience, um, it's just a person who has the capability, the capacity to withstand difficulty. And so as we're looking for operator support system, oftentimes that ends up being their director team, their executive director, or or the top three to five individuals that really support them in their business. It's what allows them to grow their business. It's also what allows them to be able to step away to attend conferences like the female operator gathering. So they likely wouldn't be able to be resilient without having a support system and also support system that displays resilience themselves. So a big part of how we even think about what kind of leaders to rally around our operators is we're looking for people who who have three qualities. The first being that they are a culture fit, that they align with Chick-fil-A, they align with their values, they align with that operator Secondly, that they have a large capacity to step into these really high-level stores, high-volume opportunities. And then thirdly, commitment, just looking for leaders who are in it for the long haul or are able to withstand difficulty. And so it's funny, prior to knowing that resilience was the theme for this conference, I mean, I talk about culture, capacity, and commitment every week, every day, probably with operators, ones we're serving, ones we'd, we'd want to serve in the future. And I don't know that I've tied it with a bow to say, ultimately, it's just a resilient leader. But as I thought through each of those three categories and thought through really what is the, the line, the thread through all of those, it is the fact that resilience is is at the forefront. So to be a resilient operator, to be a resilient person, you have to have a support system. Ideally, that support system is also someone who um, displays resilience too. Yeah. The phrase, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, or show me your friends, also your future. There's a lot of different versions of the phrase comes to mind. Arden, as you're sharing that, we have to have other resilient leaders around us to be able to do it with other people. We're just wildly ineffective when we're on an island by ourselves trying to do it alone. So I think it's such a critical foundational block to being resilient as leaders, having other those other people around us. And right, takeaway alert here for all the listeners, clarify what your non-negotiables are. Like Arden just laid out, there's some non-negotiables in the fire seeds recruiting process. I just know that there's the temptation now more than ever just to like, hire warm bodies. I heard it place like that recently, like just hire people just to fill positions. 
it means we have to be even more intentional and focused on who we bring on board with the team during a time like this. And so I'd encourage any leader out there that's building a team to think critically about what are those non-negotiables for you and how do you uh, hold the team around you to that standard or to that expectation like Fire Seats does such an incredible job with, with the people who you're placing um, with these dynamic leaders across the country. So thank you so much for sharing, Arden. I'll kick it over to you, Megan, for the second pillar, which is systems. So tell me about systems here, Megan. I have a really unique role at WildSpark. So I'm on the customer success team. And so literally every day I'm in the office helping operators, other business leaders implement systems. And it's just so rewarding to see the confidence that comes from this, from the implementing systems on both sides. I mean, really between the operator and the rest of the team too. The fact that sometimes these operators can go on this really great trip to Hilton Head and not be stressed and knowing that they can leave their store and go sit on the beach and just breathe for a second because they know that they've developed their leaders in a way that they're able to step up and lead in their place while they're gone is really empowering. But also on the flip side of that, their team also feels really empowered. Like, man, I can do this because my operator has put in a place that even though she's gone, like, I feel like I can lead as well. And so I hear stories like this all the time, especially when it comes to systems that are put in place. We hear this from operators about how they can do development or do other systems with their directors and it's scalable for them, but it's even harder sometimes to reach the rest of the team. And so that's where WildSpark comes into play is that we can help reach the rest of the team by putting a system in place. And so, so yeah, WildSpark is there to help build that leadership pipeline. Other systems, I'm sure people and other operators have their own thing as well, but it's definitely a unique space that we're in too. You are incredibly helpful at supporting leaders and implementing those systems. Megan, in a way, I view those systems as like a safety net. So it's like, I know that the aptitude of the leader is really high that we're working with, but we just also know that there's really difficult times and seasons that you're going to come into contact with that are going to bring adversity. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have systems in place, the train can just get off the tracks so quickly and it's so difficult to get back on the tracks. And so what you're doing is providing that safety net that even during difficult circumstances, we have the opportunity to be resilient because we know what to do. We can follow the systems that are in place to continue to have the positive influence that we want to have on people, whether that's yeah. through WildSpark, like you said, or something else. Mm-hmm. I'm slightly biased towards WildSpark. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think you should do it so that you get to work with people like Megan and allow her to help you put those systems in place. Sarah, I'm going to kick it down to you for the third pillar here. Could you share with me about significance and how that ties into resilience? Yeah. So it was really cool. I kind of have a unique perspective that I got to share with the operators. I've been on the fire seats team a little over a year now, but obviously coming in in a super unique time in just the industry in general, but also for Chick-fil-A with the job market, the way it was and things happening in the economy. And so for me, just the, the impact, probably the overarching impact that I've had from my time working with operators is just how much they genuinely care about their people. And that was really exemplified to me earlier this year, kind of that January, February timeframe. A lot of our operators and clients started to see 
whether it was a downturn in sales or just kind of a plateau in sales that they honestly hadn't seen in years just because of the growth that they'd been experiencing. And so seeing those operators still invest in bringing on new people to their team, investing in their current team, building up their leaders and knowing that exemplifying that they really care about their people above the bottom line, even when things were challenging, even when things were hard, um, that really stuck with me. And I think that's something that Fireseeds in general looks for in partnerships with our clients is that they do genuinely care about their people, even when there's adversity, even when there's challenges, they're going to focus time, their efforts, their money, whatever on their people. And so that's definitely something that I was excited to share with the operators and just kind of give them a pat on the back for how well they, they care for their teams. You're such an encourager, Sarah, and I'm glad you had the opportunity to do that in that environment. It is so critically important that we're living for something beyond ourselves because the moment, like you said, Arden, when that challenge hits, our ability to overcome that challenge is going to depend upon why, like what is our why? Why are we trying to overcome that challenge? And Sarah, you just spoke about that very eloquently and how important significance is with resilience. Okay, I'm going to put each of you on the spot for a second. We've got a couple minutes left here on the episode and just ask about like a favorite conversation if, if one sticks out. I know Arden, you already mentioned one in the food line. So I'll come to you last so that you have time to think about another conversation. Megan, I'm going to hit you first. I hope you're ready here. Uh, oh, wow. as, you think about, as you think about the duration of our trip, was there a favorite conversation that comes to mind with a specific operator? That you're like, oh man, I really enjoy getting to talk to this person about this. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So it's really fun to Arden's point earlier, you kind of get on Zoom and you know these people and you like know about their lives and different things, but you're also like, I have no idea how tall are you or like what you look like, which is really funny. And so it's really sweet. And there's just something different about being able to connect with somebody in person. And so really anybody, if I've met them before, or if I haven't met them before, it ends up being a ton of fun. But I think one conversation that really sticks out to me was when we were in doing like the vendor portion of the conference, talking to our girl, Erin Franklin. So shout out to Erin, if you're listening to this right now, she's up in Chicago and she just has an incredible story and she's constantly encouraging me. And I'm like, man, you know, I feel like my job is to be encouraging you. And instead is just always smiling, full of energy, like always trying to help out her other female operators, even the operators in her area. And she's just a hoot. Sometimes I talk to her and I just end up laughing the entire time. And she's not even a WildSpark client. I just like see her at these random events all the time. And I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? And we just end up having the best time just chit-chatting. Yeah, Erin sticks out to me. Yeah, not a WildSpark client yet. I think Erin's 2023 is going to be the year that we get set up. I know we've been working. Aaron's like willingness to do the hard things is incredibly impressive where she chose to go lead her Chick-fil-A in an environment where she has the tremendous opportunity to make a positive influence in the place where she gets to be. And even her foster journey is incredible. If you know Aaron, go ask her about it. She's a rock star. Sarah, you're up next. Does a specific conversation stick out to you from the conference? Yeah, I have one specifically I was actually thinking about when we were preparing for this uh, and just kind of overall, but y'all correct me if any of this information is wrong, but when we were sitting at dinner, we were talking to Rachel DeYoung, I believe is how you say her last name. So she's been an operator for 10 years. I think she has three kids, maybe four kids. I can't remember the exact number, but she was talking about raising her family and taking care of them while juggling a 
10, $12 million Chick-fil-A. And that was super impactful for me. I don't have kids, but even working under Arden and just seeing how they balance, you know, work and doing that so excellently, but also caring for their family and raising kids and all of that. And just hearing multiple stories like that from so many of the, the operators there was really cool just to see how they can do that so well and so perfectly. Being a female, also like the three of us females are also very young too. Arden has a little babysitter and I don't have kids quite yet. To be able to be in a room and have the opportunity to listen to other females and hear how they juggle everything. I mean, Rachel has four kids. I'm like, how do you do it? Like sometimes I'm like, I'm by myself and like, I can't do it all. And so it's become one of my favorites just for that, because I'm like, wow, what an incredible opportunity it is to gather women business leaders and be able to hear, you know, the impact that they're having on their community. So I just want to throw that out. Absolutely. All right, Arden, you're up last. Are you ready? I am. So taking this in a little bit of a different direction, because I already got to talk about Melanie. And and like I said, I mean, I got to hug some other operators that we got to work with. Jamie's one that we, we've served and are currently serving. Nicole Masseri, I worked with back when I first started at Fireseed. So always great to just catch up, see them, meet them, meet them again. But something that stuck out to me, and I actually came home and, and told a couple people was, we all had an afternoon off in the middle of the conference. And so when we were at Vendor Alley the next day, that was something I was asking, what y'all do on your afternoon off? You know, no plans. It's funny. We didn't even discuss this. Y'all can back me up on this, but we were going to the beach. All four of us, well, plus Aaron, all five of us, we were going, (laughs) sitting in the sand. We didn't even have a discussion. It's just what was happening. I would assume that that's what everyone was doing. But we quickly learned through our conversations at Vendor Alley with these females that they're not just sitting around. They're getting after it. I mean, I'm hearing 12 mile bike rides followed by a kayaking tour through South Carolina, getting up at 6 a.m. and and doing a walking group after they've already gone to the gym. I was like, I'm tired hearing about this. And anyway, so I'm impressed all that to say when I talk about juggling a lot and I'm learning from my female operators, I'm like, how do you juggle it? Working mom, tell me all the things, help me learn that they're also really getting after it on the be an active side of things. So I wouldn't say that we have any regrets with our beach time, but it did definitely say, wow, we could have gotten some more steps in. So that was just a funny highlight that I remember talking to these amazing business professionals who also just really value how we spend our day too. It's just really amazing. And I think very unique to Chick-fil-A as a company. Yeah. The alignment was so high on the beach day. It was like, there was no questions. We didn't even have to discuss it. It was like, everybody knew exactly what was happening. We were sitting and doing nothing for an afternoon, for our free afternoon, which was glorious. It was absolutely incredible. We did not bike for 12 miles, that is for sure. Well, let's close out with a little bit of of trivia for everybody. I have a fun trivia fact that we asked at dinner, the opening dinner that we got the chance to host. I'm gonna ask you ladies too. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here, see if you remember who was the first female operator at Chick-fil-A? Sarah seems pretty confident. Doris, what's her last name? Williams. Yes, Doris Williams was the first oh, yeah. ever, not only female operator, but operator. She ran yes. the first Chick-fil-A, which was in the Greenbrier Mall. I think opened back in like 1967. I have to have a fact check on the date. But the Hapeville location was the first restaurant, technically the Dwarf House, but the first Chick-fil-A location was in the Greenbrier Mall in 
Doris led that restaurant. So the first operator was a female, which is a really cool fun fact. Arden, Megan, Sarah, y'all are awesome. I so enjoyed getting to go on this trip to Hilton Head. It was one of my favorite trips of all time. The laughs that we got to share, also just like the meaningful conversations that we had the opportunity to have, getting to see all three of you just absolutely crush it with adding value to the female operators too, whether it was speaking at the opening dinner or just like one-on-one was inspirational for me. So that was like by far my highlight of the trip. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. And we'll do this again for the next female operator gathering. Love it. Thanks Thanks, Thanks for having us. Three major action steps on building resilience from the conversation today. Number one, we have to surround ourselves with other resilient leaders to support us. If you're an operator out there listening to this and you're like, yeah, right, Josh, way easier said than done. Well, Art can find those people for you. I'll actually include a really easy way to connect with her in the episode description below if you're interested in hearing how she can do that. Number two is we have to put systems in place that reinforce our and our team's continued growth. Adversity is just inevitable. We're going to have challenges. We're going to have uh, storms that come up. The question is, do we have systems in place to help us weather those storms? I'm also going to include a link to chat with me if you want to learn more about how WildSpark can be that system to reinforce your team's continued growth. And then lastly, and most importantly, number three, we have to know the significance of our resilience. It's much easier to bounce back from challenges when you know what's at stake if you don't when you know what your noble purpose is that you're going after. Thank you again to Megan, Sarah, and Arden for coming on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do yourself a huge favor and add this show to your library so you'll know when new episodes drop. We'll see you next time. Stay saucy, everybody.